Would you pray with me? Father, we do thank you that you are with us, that you have given us your spirit, that you love us, that you hear our prayers, and we can cry out to you in every hour and say we do need you. Thank you for hearing us. Thank you for each person that's here today. We thank you especially for our seniors. And Lord, now as we open up your word, I pray that my words are clear, that they're helpful, that they bring you glory and honor. Burn off whatever doesn't do those things. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, my name's Jason, one of the pastors here at Community Church, and I'm thrilled that each and every one of you is here this morning. Well, we've been in the book of James, and we are actually finishing up our series in the book of James. And we've said that uh, in the book of James, James talks a lot about trials, and he talks about how we respond to trials. And we said, you can't control your trials. Can I get an amen on that? There's things you just, seniors, I hate to break it to you, but there are things that are going to come your way that are outside of your control. You can't control your trials, but you can control your training. And we're going to wrap up our series in James with some teaching on prayer. How do we pray for others? What are some ways that we think about and pray. So let me ask you a question to begin with as we think about prayer this morning. When you look at your life and you look at all the prayers you have prayed for yourself, for others, have God's responses to your prayers strengthened your faith? Or have they weakened your faith? Be like brutally honest with yourself. Think about how you've prayed, how you've prayed for others, how God has responded, and has your faith been strengthened or has it been weakened? Now we're going to dive into James this morning. We're going to look at a, a particular passage on prayer. And I want you to think of James's teaching on prayer in this way. As I was reflecting on, you know, especially all of the letters that are in the New Testament, letters to different churches, letters of different length, letters of different style. And I was even thinking of our, 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 our high schoolers today and think about training and coaching. There are levels of training and coaching. Sometimes you go into the classroom, and you get trained in a classroom. How many of you really enjoy classroom training? Not very many, all right? And you, you, you get the big explanation. You get the rationale. You get the why we do what we do and all that kind of stuff. And then there's, there's like practice. So there's training in the classroom, training in the meeting room, training in practice, but then there's coaching during the game. There's on-the-field coaching. So there's meeting room, there's practice, and there's game time. Are you with me this morning? 
Think of those three different domains. Part of what I love about James is James is going to build on classroom, build on practice, but James is really about in the moment, how do I respond? There's a lot of game time in the moment coaching and training that is built on everything that has come before, but sometimes it's quick words of instruction that's based on what's been taught from the brother of James, Jesus, and the deeper theology in the New Testament. So with that in mind, I want to take you to James chapter 5, open up your Bibles, turn it on or look on the screen, and we're going to look at some prayer principles, pitfalls, and practices. James 5 verse 13, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth, and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. I want to suggest to us this morning, based on the Word of God through James, that there are four principles, four fundamental things that matter in prayer. And with each of those, there's some pitfalls we need to watch out for, and there's also a practice that will help us in our ongoing training in prayer. One of the ways you grow in your prayer life is simply to pray. <laughs> it's difficult to just watch others pray and learn from that. We're actually going to have some time later on where we're going to pray together for the needs of our church and the needs of our community. I'm excited about that time that we're going to set aside for that this morning. The first principle, though, Everyday life matters to God. Everyday life matters to God. Verse 13 says, is anyone among you in trouble? Is anyone happy? Is anyone among you sick? Your individual circumstances and emotions matter to God. The tiniest circumstances, the roller coaster of your emotions, matter to God. We've said in our series that who you are drives what you do. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you've put your faith and your trust in Jesus, fundamentally, who are you? You are a child of God. 
you are a child of God, praying to your Father in heaven. I imagine even even underneath all of what James is going to say, he remembers the words of his brother. It's teaching on prayer. As the disciples came to Jesus and said, Lord, teach us to pray, and he, he gave them what we know as the Lord's Prayer, he said this at the end of that section in the Gospel of Luke, verse 19. He says, so I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. For anyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I'm a father, I'm a grandfather. I care about my kids. I care about the details of their lives. I care about the minutiae of their lives. I care about their feelings. If you're a parent, you get that. You understand that. And at the same time, you know a little bit more than they do. At the same time, you have a different perspective. As as a parent, I'm not there simply to give them what they want or what makes them feel better in the moment. I have a different perspective. Now, this is where the, the how much more kicks in. I have an idea of what my kids need, but I don't know perfectly. We pray to our Father in heaven who knows exactly what we need. We have the Holy Spirit who hears our groans, who can guide us, who is present in us and with us. So as we think about this principle of our everyday lives, there are some pitfalls I want you to consider. The first one is this. Sometimes we think we should only pray about big decisions, big wants, and big problems. Again, I go back to my relationship with my kids. I I want to know, I care about the small things of their lives, not just the big deals. Another pitfall related to this is to simply allow your daily feelings and circumstances to define God's character and presence. What if the way you thought about God, what if the way you felt about God was dependent upon your circumstances and your feelings? That would be a roller coaster. God does not change. His goodness does not change. His character does not change. So there's a pitfall in seeing God through the lens of our circumstances and our feelings. Simple practice I would invite you to take up is to pray through the book of Psalms. 150 Psalms, Psalms will cover the range of emotions, joy, celebration, anger, frustration. It's all there. 
A simple practice is to read through the Psalms and pray them. The second thing that matters, faith matters. Verse 15, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. God cares about our level of trust in him and our devotion to him. Our faith matters. When we sing, Lord, I need you every hour, every hour I need thee, that is a song of faith. When I say, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief, that is a prayer of faith. What matters, though, is not the quantity of my own faith, but the object in which my faith is placed. James is going to give us a quick Old Testament illustration Verse 17, Elijah was a human being even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. Elijah, hero of the Old Testament, but was just a human being, just like us. It is God who delivers. It is God who answers the prayer. God is the object of our faith. A couple pitfalls to avoid. God's answers to prayer are dependent on the eloquence and intensity of our words. Because I say it really pretty and eloquently, does that mean God will automatically answer my prayers? Because I have an affected voice or I seem really spiritual with it, does that move the hand of God? I don't think so. One of my kids, who will go unnamed, had a particular prayer voice, and the other kids would kind of say, oh, you don't have to pray in that prayer voice all the time. Just, just pray. Another pitfall to avoid, and this one can get really personal and touchy here. God didn't heal blank because I didn't have enough faith. God didn't heal because I didn't have enough faith. It's important that we broaden our perspective and that we can see the big picture of eternity in mind. And we can understand that God may heal right now. God may heal in eternity. One of the uh, just great teachers and writers I've just had tremendous respect for over the years, a guy named Tim Keller, went to be with the Lord this week. And uh, just, a, just by all accounts, not only a brilliant guy, but just the real deal. In a world where you've got all these scandals and pastors fall and all that, it's, it's great to see examples of those who have finished strong. And by all accounts, he did that. But these were his, his last words. There is no downside for me leaving, not the slightest. Those were his last words before he went to be with the Lord. There is no downside to me leaving, not in the slightest. The great poet uh, George Herbert said, death used to be an executioner, but the gospel has made him just 
a gardener. Think about that. I can't improve on those words. Another pitfall. I believe God is in control, so why do I even have to pray? God is in control, God is sovereign, and he invites us to participate with him in building his kingdom. What an awesome privilege and joy and honor. The God of the universe, we are invited to participate with him that our prayers actually make a difference. They matter. Simple practice I would invite you to put into your life. Take a look at Paul's prayers. Paul's prayers in three of his letters, you can jot these down. First chapter of Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. He's The way he prays for the church. He's asking that the eyes of their hearts, that they would be enlightened, that they would be strengthened. There is a prayer for an increase of faith, a prayer to see God more clearly. The third thing that matters, obedience matters. Our obedience matters. James 5.16 says, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Our love for God is expressed through our obedience to his word. God's desire is to shape us to be more like Jesus. The more aligned we are to Jesus, the more our prayers are aligned to what he would have us do. Simple story, if you've heard of the the great missionary Elizabeth Elliot, tells the story of her her child uh, had his toys out. They were kind of like handmade toys and that kind of stuff, and uh, the rule was you, you put your toys away before you go on to the next activity. Parents, have you ever had that rule? Put your toys away. How many parents out there, your kids followed that perfect obedience? All the time. Put your toys away. Well, Elizabeth's child decided to disobey that rule. And the next activity for him was to play the piano. So he's a missionary kid, so what's he going to play on the piano? Hymns, of course. So he's playing his hymn, and she sees the toys, and she says, hey, wait, 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 stop, stop. Wait a minute, what, what are you doing? You didn't pick up your toys. And, she, and he says, mother, I'm praising God. She says, son, you can't be deliberately disobedient and praise God at the same time. Let that one sit on you for just a minute. Can we cry out to God in our brokenness? Absolutely. But there's a point where to, to praise God on the one hand and deliberately disobey on the other is just not right. That's that divided heart that James has been teaching us about. So some pitfalls to examine. First of all, God won't answer your prayers until you clean yourself up. Thank you, Jesus, that's not true. When we're most desperate, we cry out in prayer. 
It's not a performance so that my prayers could be heard. Second pitfall to avoid, God is the great vending machine in the sky. As long as I pray the prayer, I say the words, no matter what I do, God will answer my prayers. A simple practice to incorporate, this one's harder. Confess to someone on a regular basis. Confess to someone on a regular basis. How many of you know somebody who's gone down a wrong path? How many of you knew it? You you just knew it was going to happen. Years before it actually happened. You just knew it. Some of you, maybe you've, you've been there. May we be a people who comes together and said, hey, this is my struggle. I love you and I care about you too much. Let's, let's get together. Let's have coffee. Let's, go out, let, let's just share what are our struggles. What's underneath that? Let's confess. Let's confess. Let's share. The fourth. These are high-level points, each of them. You can go back and look at the word. Community matters. Community matters in prayer. We confess. We pray. James is going to give us some words to, to get the, the, the leaders of the church together, to get the rest of the church together. Is anyone among you sick? He says in 14, let them call all the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. Just very, very briefly on this, when we do this, and, and sometimes we do do this as a, as a church, what we're doing is it's not a magic ritual, it's, it's not a guarantee, it's, we don't go through a priest, but but there's a setting apart for special purposes, special attention from God, we will do this. Verse 19, James says this, My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this, who turns a, who tur- whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. If community matters, if praying for one another matters, if confessing to one another matters, we could look at this verse and we could debate God's sovereignty and responsibility and all kind of isms and all that kind of thing. And I don't think that what, that's what James is after. James is saying, if somebody wonders... Go after them. Go after them. I'm looking directly at this group right here in the back. I pray that none of you wanders. Life experience, research would tell me some of you will wander. Some of you will wander. Who will go after the one who wanders? That's my challenge. Who will go after? We all have people. Who who will go after in love and pray with and cry with and just be present? That's my challenge. Now, pitfalls. Just quickly. Jesus is my personal consultant. (laughs) 
It's all about me. No, it's not just about you and me. Another pitfall, I can't pray directly to God. I need somebody to intercede for me. We can go right to Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit. What a blessing we have. And a practice. We're not going to just talk about it. We're actually going to do this. We're going to pray together for each other. We're a church. Sometimes when I think about church, it's like, let's not just be a people who just shows up to watch a show. Let's actually participate. Let's actually pray together for the needs of our people. So here's what we've done. I invite you all now, take out your bulletin, and in your bulletin, you've got a little handout. And on one side, it has prayer requests. How many of you like people praying for you? You want more people praying for you? Anybody going to, I've never yet said, you know what, Jason, do not pray for me. I do not want to be healed. I do not want this in my life. Just ignore me. I've, I've yet to hear that. Whenever somebody says, I've been praying for you, I've never said, why did you pray for me? I've yet to do that. So here's what I would invite you to do. We're going to take about a minute. On one side, there's request in our church right now and in our community. Oh, my goodness, what a tragedy right in our neighborhood this week. That's on the list. And on the back, on the back, you've got four quadrants, physical needs, mental health needs, spiritual needs, material needs. You don't have to write down the whole story. Just, just briefly write, write something in somebody you want to pray for or a need for yourself in those quadrants. I'll give you just about a minute to just, as the Lord leads, just, just write those down. Just write those down. We'll give you a minute to do that. As you're finishing those up, I've invited, um, and I'll explain what we're going to do, but I've, I've got some prayer leaders that I've, I've asked to kind of be a part of this. If those folks would go ahead and kind of spread out at the tables, you can go ahead and get up and do that. The prayer leaders I've talked to and distribute yourselves. Here's what I invite you to do. Now, I'm not forcing anybody to do this. Some people, this is a hard, this would be a step for some of you. That's, that's a good thing. It's a good thing. I want us to be a church who can pray together. So here's what I invite you to do. Now, you can, if you don't want to get out of your seat, that's fine. You can, you can stay and just continue to pray silently. But uh, I'd invite us to stand up. I'd invite us to stand up. When with, your, with your prayer card in your hand, this is everybody now, if you want to be a part of this, with this little insert in your hand, I would invite you to go to one of the stations close to you. Just go ahead and just go ahead and move that way if you'd like. Just go ahead. We're gonna we're gonna pray for some of these needs. I'm not forcing anybody to pray out loud. So just know that, All right? But go ahead and uh, just encourage you to move towards the tables if you'd like. We're gonna take a moment and we're gonna pray for some of those needs of our community not asking anybody to bear their soul in front of people. We're going to pray for the needs of our community at these different 
station. So if you'd like to move or you'd like to congregate with some others around you, you can do that. We're going to take some time in our service and we're going to pray specifically for some of these needs. So go ahead and just continue to move as you're led. And if we need to break up some groups into some smaller huddles, we can certainly do that. So kind of get yourself organized here a little bit. And if uh, um, invite you either to come to one of these tables or you can, you, can, you can huddle up at your seat. Or if you want to have a seat, that's okay. That's okay too. But uh, go ahead and kind of congregate as you want. Or you can sit down and pray. And we're just going to have a time and I'll let the leaders start and pray and on your sheet you can pray for some of the needs on on the one side and then on the other side if you want to lift up some of those needs you can do that as well you don't have to discuss it we're just going to go to the lord in prayer so leaders you can start us off and pray in your huddles let me go ahead and close our prayer time father we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We thank you that you hear our prayers. So we bring these requests for our people to you right now. And would you respond? Would you answer our prayers? We trust in you. Thank you, Jesus. It is in your name that we pray. Amen.